Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a September 27th Tuesday episode of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com and the former Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back. The NBA season is officially here. Yesterday, Monday, was media day for most of the NBA, and that included, of course, your Portland Trailblazers. Um, media day is a great day, not just in Portland, obviously, but all over the league. Um, it's just, it's just amazing quotes all over, uh, in Philadelphia, you had Nerland's Noel, uh, you know, basically voicing, no, not basically, he just was voicing his discontent, uh, with the situation with all the centers and Joel Embiid is quoting, trust the process. And then in LA you have, Team Faye Mozgov saying that the Lakers' young core is going to, quote-unquote, change the world. So, um, great things are happening right now in the NBA. Uh, just amazing quotes about how much you know weight guys have lost, the shape that people are in, the diets that they've gone on. Uh, and that also happened in Portland. I think probably the most notable uh, addition to Muscle Watch was Ed Davis, who apparently gained about 15 to 20 pounds worth of muscle in the offseason. That was one of the big takeaways uh, from Media Day. I was not at Media Day, but uh, I do have a nice breakdown of the important notes that came out of Media Day because most of it is... um, you know, it's rather tedious. I mean, I mean, they bring out, you know, it, they, they bring out everybody. It takes a long time, um, but it's a great, important day, marks the start of the season. And, you know, important things get brought up because this is the first time that, you know, players, and you know, have talked to the media since the end of last season. And then with the coaches, you know, they talk all the time, so they're not going to reveal a, a ton. And then, uh, with and Neil Olshea spoke as well, and Olshea, you know, speaks a handful of times a year, so it's big for that reason as well. For the GM uh, talking on Media Day, Chris McGowan, also the uh, president of the Blazers, uh, spoke as well today at Media Day. One of the bigger stories, um, well, you know, yeah, I guess one of the bigger long term stories because you know, there's a lot of talk on days like today about the future and about. 
um, the outlook and expectations and all that stuff. But one thing that is actually something that is definitely you know came from today that will come to fruition later is um, Chris McGowan, the Blazers president, came out and said that uh, the Blazers are going to un- be undergoing a redesign of their logo and their jerseys um, to. And they're going to reveal those in the spring of 2017 The that they will reveal for next season when the NBA jerseys change over to Nike. And, uh, I mean, I guess I, I mentioned this on Twitter because I know that Blazers fans and, you know, people from Portland traditionally as well are kind of um, – they're resistant to change at times, and I, I and not just even in Portland. I just think people, and especially in sports, this happens a lot. I remember when the NBA had a new basketball, and uh, they had to bring the old one back, and back in the mid two thousands. And I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, logo redesign, jersey redesign, is received. Uh, I think it's interesting. To note, and I think an important thing because, of course, you know the, the logo is part of the team's history. It's part of why you know it's part of how people identify with the team, and you know the Blazers may not have um, you know a lot of extended periods of winning, but one thing that they do have as an NBA franchise, which most franchises do not have, is some kind of tradition. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they evolve that tradition, you know, and how will that be received by fans if they if they approve of the uh, logo redesign or, you know, if they think it sucks and they need to start a change.gov posi- posi- uh, petition uh, like they did to bring back Mike and Mike. Uh, I mean, y- you can't put it past uh, most Blazer fans to uh, voice their displeasure in some way if they don't like it. But maybe it's going to be dope and everyone's going to love it. I doubt that that's going to happen just because that's not how sports things work. But, you know, hey, um, if if that's how it works out, that's how it works out. But, um, you know, there were obviously lots of basketball things that they talked about at Media Day as well. Um, But before we get to that, too, you know, there's obviously a a climate of um, protest in sports um, with regards to, you know, social issues and uh, police brutality and the treatment of black citizens by uh, law enforcement and Colin Kaepernick taking a stand and, you know, by taking a knee, what have you. And, you know, Victor Oladipo has said that NBA players will follow suit as well. And then that became a topic across a lot of media days uh, in the NBA as well. Um, LeBron James talked about it today. Uh, Damian Lillard, who is, you know, you know, the voice of the team, in you know, in a, in a lot of respects, um, uh, said today that he does not have anything planned with regards to a uh, protest a la Kaepernick, uh, but uh, with the whole team. But um, he said that they may have something cooking uh, from comments that I heard from Media Day. Um, and, you know, that shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Obviously, you know, Damian Lillard, you know, really cares about this stuff. He had a conversation with Sean King from the New York Daily News over the summer uh, when there were some uh, shootings that happened in Louisiana and Minnesota. And uh, he, he talked about that. And it was um, 
you know, really interesting to, you know, hear him say that. And it's just, you know, also just a reminder that, you know, Portland, especially in sports and is just part of a bigger ecosystem at times. And, you know, who knows if if maybe uh, the players for the Blazers and across the league will, um, you know, make something of this moment remains to be seen. Obviously, it's a long way away before people really start paying attention. But, you know, even in preseason games, perhaps, um, we could see some types of protests, which is, you know, that's where it started with Kaepernick. So you never know. Um, But on to the basketball on Monday during media day, uh, I think, you know, obviously, there's a lot of players that that matter when it comes to the Blazers. But um, I think, um, the comments usually of Damian Lillard are, are probably the most important because he has, I think obviously the best pulse on the team because he's trying to manage everybody. He has to deal with all the personalities. And, uh, I I think what he says kind of is, is a good barometer for how the team is going to, uh, you know, react or what, how the team is approaching things. Um, and I think, uh, one of the important things that he mentioned, during his his press conference uh was that last year was a free season for the Blazers and um that's that's basically what it was i mean and and the Blazers i mean they did with you know a free season what you know a lot of teams that don't you know have that free pass ever get and they went to the playoffs they went to the second round they won a series they looked good now they're coming into the season as kind of an up and coming team. Uh, but at the same time, you know, while there is a lot of respect for the Blazers, I think they can't, you know, they can't pull the disrespect card at the same time. I don't necessarily think that they are, you know, perhaps as hyped as other teams in the Western conference. I think Utah is one of those teams that, you know, is really getting a lion's share of the hype. Obviously, you know, you have the Warriors and the Spurs and the Clippers, and, you know, those teams that, you know, that are always in the conversation, but, uh, you know, the Blazers are still a little bit, uh, you know, they're obviously in another tier below. And I think, you know, one of the things that the Blazers have to deal with and what one of the topics was that a lot of reporters at Media Day asked was, you know, how do you respond to, uh, you know, the different challenge this season, how, how is it different when, you know, the, it's not just everyone's getting to know each other and, you know, we're just, you know, lightning in a bottle and it kind of takes off. I think, you know, now that kind of, um, aha moment with the team, you know, isn't going to be there to kind of spark them. And so, uh, and, and, and also the doubters are not there. You know, we talked about, uh, you know, the expectations that a lot of people have. I mean, Mark Stein has them, ninth in his power rankings as we talked about uh on the last episode also the blazers are projected you know they're 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 over under right now in las vegas is 46.5 and uh i i think they're gonna hit the over that's what i would do uh, in that situation uh i i think they will get to around 47 to 48 wins I've said this many times on the podcast, but last year they got to 44 wins, and that was despite starting the season 11 and 20. And they don't really have, uh, I, I just like I think it's you know could be detrimental to the maybe you know the spark of you know everyone 
is doubting us and we're going to come together and we're all going to show them. And I understand that that's not going to be there. But at the same time, there is going to be a little bit of, you know, they're going to have a shorter learning curve this time around to start the season. It's not going to be, we have to learn how to win together. We have to learn how to play together. And, you know, if they can really, if it really is just a continuation of what they did last year, which is what the team is trying to uh, make this season to be. That's one of the things that uh, the Blazers brass said today during media day that they they see this season as a continuation of last season. Then that's good news because they ended last season extremely well. They finished it very strong with uh, the same with the starting lineup with Mo Harkless at three after toying around with Myers Leonard and Noah Vonley and. Uh, you know, I, I really do think that, uh, this team is going to hit the over and I, and they have that expectation that they're going to be good. And so I, I think, uh, that was one of the things that the, the Blazers talked about today is, is dealing with the expectations. And, you know, there were some other noteworthy things I think that came out. Um, one of the things I saw from Casey Holdall, uh, the Blazers reporter from trailblazers.com, who's of course been a guest on this podcast, uh, mentioned that or quoted Mason Plumley saying that there have been some conversations about a potential contract extension, which is really interesting because, you know, the Blazers paid a lot of money to Myers Leonard in the offseason. However, you know, they, they obviously don't have him as the starter. The Blazers think, you know, the Blazers coaching staff thinks that Mason Plumley should be the starter. And, you know, based on his performance last year, you can't disagree but it is interesting to see that they are so interested in already committing to Plumley. But again, you know, with the lockout coming, potentially a potential lockout, obviously there's no certainty that a lockout will come, but both sides can opt out uh, in, in, after the coming season. And so, you know, that's something to consider from a player's perspective because, you know, some things could change with regards to how the collective bargaining agreement is done, you know, how how long contracts could be. I don't know all the different types of, uh, you know, structures they could implement. And if you want to make sure that you can secure your, your player and as a player, you want to be able to secure a contract in this market the way it is, uh, because it has been inflated quite a bit with the injection of TV money. You know, maybe you do want to get a deal done now before this season in the in the extension window. Whereas last year, you know, a lot of guys that were rookie extension candidates declined to negotiate them or sign for one in the very in the lead up to the regular season, like Myers Leonard last year, who turned down a four year, forty million dollar deal before the season. And it ended up taking four years, 41. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Mason Plumley potentially getting a contract extension would be a major move for this team. And, and then pretty much lock in. I mean, they're already locked in to their team. No pun intended with locked on Blazers. But they're definitely going to be locked into their team if they sign Mason Plumley to an extension and they have two centers on long-term deals. Ed Davis is, uh, you know, still has two years left on his deal, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if he sticks around. Obviously, he's really great at offensive rebounding, and 
this the Blazers team, th- their construction is really interesting because if they sign Plumley, they're basically trying to go with you know we have two elite shot creators and then we're just going to be too deep at every other position or you know and, and just try and beat you with depth and a bunch of guys who are you know could be you know pretty you know pretty decent to good players and um you know they don't have a lot of guys that are going to be stars i don't think they think that Mason Plumley is going to turn into a star although you know he has had some big games in the playoffs that were uh star caliber like against the clippers but uh, you know, they don't really have a whole lot of other star players around Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, and they just gonna they have just a whole bunch of guys uh that they can plug in. I mean, the depth on this team is uh something pretty that I have never seen in a Blazers team, uh at least in a really long time. And uh, I I think this team's gonna be good. And the over under is set at forty six and a half. And uh, although you know, that's pretty high. I, I think they're going to get there. And I think that Plumley being there long-term also will probably uh, lead to him having, uh, you know, a little bit of certainty about, and maybe help him relax a little bit without having to worry about a, a contract all season long. But, you know, you could take the other side of that and say, Hey, you know, he's playing for money. He's playing for, uh, you know, a contract, but at the same time, um, you know, they're, they're, both sides can decide they want to opt out of the collective bargaining agreement, and then he has to wait for all of that to get settled before he can be a free agent. And who knows what kind of, um, you know, things they will put in place to potentially, you know, make it harder for him to sign in Portland for what he wants. But uh, really interesting kind of development there with regards to Mason Plumley. Another interesting development that uh, came out of media day regarding Plumley was. Um, something that Jason Quick was kind of highlighting a lot uh, from Comcast Sportsnet was that um, Plumlee is working on a mid-range jumper or was working on a mid-range jump shot uh, this offseason. He already kind of had a little bit of a floater. Um, that was kind of his best offensive move outside of just dunking it. Um, he kind of had like a little duck in layup too, with two hands around the rim at times. Um, but you know, it wasn't a, a thing that he did that often with regularity. And I think with the space that is provided to him a lot because of the attention that teams pay to Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, a mid range jumper is a perfect answer to that. Obviously Plumlee is a, a student of the game. Uh, I don't say that just because he's a big man who passes, but obviously someone who can see those passes and those angles before they happen the way that he does, obviously is pretty attuned to, uh, you know, the little things in the game. And I think that, you know, he's going to have a lot of space to, you know, maybe dribble up into a mid-range jumper, a pull-up jumper, you know, because people don't expect that from centers. And he can put the ball on the floor as well. So if he somehow can, you know, start to hit a mid-range jumper, 15-footer, you know, then you're talking about uh, a guy who can score, pass, put the ball on the floor, and he can force the defense to come out, and then you have another guy that can create penetration, uh, you know, that's going to cause problems, especially with the way he can pass the ball, because if people have to protect the paint, because the center is, you know, going from the top of the key right to the basket, you know, 
teams are going to have a hard time dealing with that. I mean, that is the Draymond Green conundrum, you know, at least from the past few seasons. That is why, you know, the Warriors have been as good as they've been, or at least they were the last two seasons, because teams couldn't guard the guy catching the ball, the, the screener, making exceptional basketball decisions and dribbling and also being a threat to score. So if Plumlee can do that, you know, that, you know, could take the Blazers to a level where they could be one of the top, you know, two offenses, two, three offenses in the league. Uh, They were a top six offense, but if they can, if Plumlee can make a mid-range jumper, then you're talking about, you know, a top three offense potentially. And, you know, if, if this Plumlee jumper stuff is for real, you know, that's what you're talking about with this team. But um, that remains to be seen. Of course, training camp is uh, a time where, you know, guys are seeing, you know, really saying the the best things about each other because, you know, they're with them every day. It's all focused on, uh, you know, you know, just building that camaraderie. Obviously, when the games get started, it'll be harder to, um, you know, just talk, you know, about the ideal forms of of players where you know oh they're hitting shots of practice and this and that uh so you know that that happens a lot um i think i remember it happened last year with you know it was cliff alexander was a guy who a lot of you know players are talking about as being impressive or you know it, it, it's that time right now but i will say you know if the mason plumley um mid-range jumper stuff really comes to fruition and shows itself in in game situations for the blazers that could be a top three offense and uh, it'll be interesting to see um, how that develops because that changes things to the Blazers and makes it harder as well for, you know, Mason Plumley to, you know, potentially, you know, he almost all, he, he would get summed out in fourth quarters a lot. And, you know, if he can score, you know, that really changes things to the Blazers. And, you know, maybe he finishes more games, maybe he plays more minutes, you know, that could also potentially just change his value as a player. Uh, so I think that's a really interesting development as well as, of course, the fact that he may be signing a contract extension. But, uh, you know, that's it uh, for me today. Obviously, there's going to be a lot more to get to as training camp continues. Uh, we're just getting started. We'll talk expectations. You know, we'll talk uh, the battle for the 15th man, which uh, is, of course, as I've told you for, you know, a couple of weeks now. Uh, you know, it was going to be a battle, uh, Luis Montero's spot, you know, he it was not going to be a guarantee that he was going to keep it. So, uh, there's going to be a battle for the 15th man, uh, on the Blazers final roster. So that's you know, going to be something that we talk about as well. But, um, thanks for joining me, uh, as I kind of recap some of the biggest stories that they had over there at, at media day with the Portland trail Blazers, uh, and follow the podcast Subscribe on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, TuneIn FM, Google Play, uh, pretty much almost anywhere that a podcast can be heard or downloaded. Locked On Blazers is there. FanRag Sports, uh, if you're listening to us there, subscribe to us on one of our feeds. Maybe leave us a, a review. Five stars would be preferred, of course. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow.
Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17